Yo, what's up? Welcome to the OK Beast Podcast, episode 16. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye. Joining me this week, as always, is the co-host, the very special Japanese boy, the Japanese white boy, Ian Prichel. What's up, Ian? I'm good, man. You know, just chilling. But I was when you said Japanese boy, I was like, that's a lie. Well, last episode, we decided that you're now a four-year-old Japanese boy named Toshi. Is that not right? No, I'm I'm actually a 60-year-old man named Toshi. Oh wow, man! Yes. These kids they grow up they grow up very quickly, they grow up very fast, and it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to sit. And uh, the OK Beast podcast is a gaming centric <laughs> is a gaming and nerd culture centric show where a couple of friends come together and talk about what's going on in our world. We are the official podcast of OKBeast.com. If you like the show, you should subscribe to us on your podcast streaming service of choice. Visit OKBeast.com and follow at okay beast now on twitter does that all sound good ian does that all sound all right does that sound fine no do it all over again from the top (laughs) (laughs) make sure you rate us on itunes because once again if you don't rate us on itunes then people won't see that we exist and then we'll just be two people on the internet doing a podcast which is very it's, it's not a new thing it's very actually it's kind of sad about how um how much we kind of blend in and we're, we're kind of like two drops in a sea full of many drops and yeah this is us isn't that right ian i guess am i wrong i don't know check out our youtube um it's youtube.com slash actually it's not slash anything youtube.com then go to the search bar type in okay beast and we'll pop up you might have to scroll down like one scroll, but you'll see us. You'll see the channel. The OKB's logo will be there. It's a beast kind of looking thing. You'll see it. Um, also, I have another plug. I want to plug Extra Life. This episode is coming out on Monday, November 7th. I'm going to say November 7th, even though I'm not positive. And if you're listening to this on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or any time during the week, Saturday, well, starting Friday, at 8 8 p.m going on until saturday at 8 p.m i will be streaming for 24 hours with the homie alex van aiken of pixel pulse radio it will be for charity it'll be for extra life so we're raising money for a children's hospital it's a versus competitive stream and so basically i'll be playing him in like 13 different games whoever wins more will get all the money donated to their hospital of choice and so if you need some entertainment, if you want to watch a fun stream, you should definitely check that out. It'll be on twitch.tv slash blessingjunior and twitch.tv slash itsvanagan. If you want more info on that, either message me or go on Twitter. It's pinned to my Twitter, and so you'll see it immediately. Uh, Ian, does all that sound good? If you keep on asking me if it sounds good, I'm just going to say no I know. out of spite. Like you, you understand that, right? I just want to get, I, I just want to get you involved because I feel like I'm talking and I'm like, man, this is a two person podcast, so I want to get Ian talking too, even though I'm the one kind of sp- spilling out all the information. What if does that sound right, Ian? What if this entire time, like it's, it, we find out that I'm not real and you're just really good at making other voices, and I can also speak Japanese somewhat. Oh, dude, I've been studying Japanese this week, and I realized that I know absolutely nothing. For real, for real? You have Not a Japanese girlfriend, n- though. That doesn't... I, I that precludes nothing. I could have a Spanish girlfriend and not know a single thing of Japanese. No, of, but uh, I Spanish. hear you talking to her in Japanese, and you sound pretty, like, authentic. That, okay, so <laughs> authentic that's, that's the thing. Word. Okay, no, no, I understand what you're saying. That's the thing, like... Okay. 
So like when I I don't know if, if do you know another language or no? Uh, I know a little French. Is there not another language spoke in Nigeria or no? Spoken in Nigeria? No. Uh, oh yeah, they, there's a lot of there's like hundreds of different languages spoken in Nigeria, but um, the main lan- language is English. But there's mm-hmm. like three other main languages, like Yoruba, Igbo, and Hausa are like the two, the three kind of tertiary lang- or secondary languages. Yeah. Um, but well, then there's a bunch of under that. Yeah. Well, well, growing up, I I spoke Hebrew. And then my closest friend spoke Spanish, and then I watched TV in Japanese. So that culmination of, like, all these different languages together, like, made it easier for me to copy the sounds of languages. I don't know what the the fuck I'm saying half the time, but I'm just able to make the same sounds. And I've actually, since I've been teaching in, in Japan, I've, I've noticed that a lot of Japanese kids have a problem with speaking English because in... English and Japanese don't have the same sounds that they use. They have very similar ones, but they don't have... Japanese doesn't have the L sound. Hmm. So, and that's true with... I think I think Mandarin doesn't have the L sound either. So, yeah. Long story short, I'm able to sound like I know what I'm talking about in Japanese only because I've heard it a lot and I'm able to enunciate different sounds. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. I guess. I don't so, yeah, I, don't, I mean language is cool um i when i lived in nigeria like i was able to make different sounds with my mouth that i can't really make anymore like there are there's like a p sound they make in uh yoruba language which is essentially like a it's it's, it sounds like a p but it's like a poppy p it's more like it's it's a p but it's like it's deep and so like there's a name that's spelled o-p-e and it's ope but like if you're american you read it you say ope Mm. ope but it's not it's not really ope it's ope and there's like a pop within it ah there's like and a you kind of like 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 you like it pop i can't explain it either but i know what you're saying yeah it's like a buh, like kind of sound and it, it sounds weird that i'm making it but it only sounds weird because we're american um and we're kind of listening lis- listening to it through american ears but like to nigerian is like part of your vernacular or whatever and so i th- i think that kind of stuff is very interesting to like you hear you you hear like somebody from a country in asia and they have they have like different kind of sounds they make but and it sounds weird but it, to them it's not weird and to them like stuff that we say like kind of like it's ways we say certain words probably sounds a lot weird weirder to other people and stuff like that so i, I think that's that sub is pretty interesting and cool um mm-hmm. but enough about language ian what have you been up to this week uh so this week i picked up titanfall 2 uh, I've been playing a lot of World of Final Fantasy, and I've been finishing up or trying to finish up Persona 3, and that's about it. How many hours are you into Persona 3? I, at this point, I don't even know, man. I, I picked it up like almost immediately after Persona 4, and I've just been like grinding away at it. Like Every couple of days, I'll play it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. How are you enjoying Titanfall? Since that's the new game that's out, so I guess we should talk about it. But we have, we'll talk about like the kind of industry stuff during the topic section but we can we can talk about like your impressions right now though it's really like surprisingly good because i'm not a huge shooter guy again i'm more of like a the slow-paced methodical you know grinding away at at missions kind of person i I, like that's what i'm known for for the most part in terms of my gaming career is jrpgs pokemon final fantasy stuff like that but this game is like again surprisingly good uh, so in the game, it's it's very different from Titanfall One, and because t- Titanfall One didn't have like a 
true story component. It did, but it didn't. And this has like true story, true villains, interesting villains. Uh, it, now you're your like pilot. I, I can't even describe it. It's so strange. Like they talk about pilots in this universe, kind of like pilots of the um, Titans. They talk about them like they're Jesus. <laughs> like they're like Jedi's almost kind of. Yeah. Like they're like, <laughs> like imagine you're at a club and then like in walks in a dude, uh, like a celebrity. And like, Oh man, it's mm. him. No way. Like that's, that's like what you are in huh. this universe. They like play you up as like this God hero. And like the beginning of the game is you training under a pilot. And he's like, he's like this, he kind of sounds like the dude, uh, what's his name? Ghost from Call of Duty. He's got like a, a Scottish accent kind of, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, I say something in you. I think you can do this. I think you can be a pilot. And then like <laughs> something happens and then you have to become, you have to take control of his, his Titan. And then essentially you going from knowing nothing about the Titans to you becoming a, a true pilot. Dude, I feel like the more I hear about this game, the more I really want to play it, specifically the, the single player. Because stuff like that makes amazing. me really wonder. Yeah. And like in games like these, like Call of Duty, Battlefield, Titanfall, I guess, like I, I kind of have like the same perception of the single player in these games of like they're just whatever. I tried playing Call of Duty single player multiple times in multiple games and I never really enjoyed them. I tried playing Battlefield multiplayer or single player, didn't really didn't really get into it. Um, I haven't played Titanfall, but I've seen people play Titanfall and it looks like another one of those. And it's even developed by Respawn, who's like they're they've kind of they're kind of like a break off from the Call of Duty teams of the past. And so I never really expected much from Titanfall 2's single player, but it seems a lot of people um, seem to like it. And it seems like from what I'm hearing about it, it seems cool because there's the people say that like you're talking to your Titan and you're having a back and forth and your Titan yeah, yeah, yeah. acts like it's, a robot and stuff. It's kind of funny. It's kind of like imagine, I can't even describe it. Like, so it, it kind of reminds me of a combination of Bumblebee from Transformers and Optimus Prime from Transformers because he has the same voice kind of like this that sounds like Optimus Prime, but he makes jokes mm. like these off, like um, these jokes that kind of like Thor from the, the first Thor movie where he has no idea, like uh, like a person that isn't, he has no idea what's actually going on. If that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Like uh, there's this joke where it's uh, ah, there's something where they're going uh, towards this like machine that grinds up metal and the pilot's like, oh, man, BT, we were really close there. We almost got hit by the meat grinder. And, and then he goes, <laughs> he goes, pilot, that is not a meat grinder. That is grinding for, like, robots. Like, he, like, corrects you when you're <laughs> trying to make jokes about things. And mm. there's, like, a scene in the trailer that I haven't gotten to yet where you give the thumbs up to BT because he catches you. And then he looks at his hand, looks at you, and then makes a thumbs up. Like he like he look mm. he scans his own hand and like and copies your thumbs up to him, and there's tons of like funny quippy dialogue like that, and it's it's just hilarious. And and you actually have, it's strange because I didn't think this would be an option. You have like whenever a dialogue option comes up with BT, you have the option to choose like the snarky option or like the the Call of Duty I'm just a, a soldier option. It's like yeah yeah let's go or it's like man that was a close one huh like it's it's very interesting, huh. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like a lot more than I kind of expected from it. So that sounds kind of cool. Have you been playing the multiplayer at all? I played a couple of matches, and and man, 
I, in the, the first couple matches, I was destroyed. Like, I was, I, I, like, average time alive, like, 10 seconds. Oh, wow. Because, I, I don't, actually, I don't know, I don't know why, but this kind of comes into what we're talking about later in the, in the podcast, but people who are playing this game are killers. Like, they know what's going on. And the mechanics that are in the f- single player don't necessarily one-to-one translate to the multiplayer because obviously you can't like single player you're supposed to be like empowered and you need to have this mech that's really strong and in the multiplayer you have to earn things so it's kind of the opposite of one another Mm -hmm. uh so one thing that messed me up is that in the single player you have like two dashes but you don't have two dashes in the multiplayer which kind of fucked me up Hmm. uh but it's fun once you get used to it once you understand like what what is uh what weapons you like, what weapons you don't like, if you want to go more of an anti-Titan build, if you want to go more of an anti-personnel build, uh, if you want to have your Titan follow around you instead of getting in the Titan. Uh, it's it's very interesting. How's how's the game feel, like, in a post-Overwatch world, where, like, I feel like everybody, everybody who's, like, into, like, multiplayer, competitive multiplayer or, like, first-person shooters and stuff like that, I feel like everybody's played Overwatch at this point, um, and Overwatch is kind of, like, in a way kind of shifted the the expectations and kind of like the that whole the whole sphere of of popular first person shooters does titanfall 2 still feel like right in a world after overwatch has come out or do you feel like it's like it do you feel like things are different now that you that you've played overwatch and overwatch has kind of like encapsulated both you and i mm, no not really no? this game brings like a completely different feel like imagine so so again you can like jump off of walls you can you can grapple hook like depending upon where you look with the grappling hook it like can alter your trajectory as well it's very there's so many little things about this game that are super enjoyable and once you kind of connect with those things it becomes like one of the most fun shooters i've ever played so i think after an overwatch world i like them both for different reasons i play overwatch for the characters like the cute characters the like the team aspect of it, but I play Titanfall for the high skill cap movement. The, mm-hmm. uh, you actually earn a lot of stuff in the multiplayer too. Like you, you gain experience and gain levels based off of almost every single piece of gear that you have. You get, you gain like gun levels, Titan levels. Uh, like I, I, I'm pretty sure it's between each equipment you have, you gain a certain level. And then that, that leads to your overall level, if that makes any sense. So you're saying there's progression? No, but like I'm saying there's. Okay, so no, I'm I was, used to Overwatch. I was kind of joking. I was making a joke about Overwatch because Overwatch doesn't really have progression. In yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say though. <laughs> is that Overwatch? Like after a while, when you get used to it, or when you continue to play the over the, the progression is stagnated. You you don't. Mm-hmm. It, it'll take you like two hours by yourself, or three hours even by yourself, to earn a single loot box if you're losing every game, or if you're losing most games, which can happen if you're at a higher level. And especially if you're not playing competitive, but with this, mm-hmm. like, as soon as I jumped in, it was like I played two games or one game, and I was, I like, it was an ass blowout. Like, I didn't do anything. Like, legitimately, I called my Titan, and the game was over. And I still went up multiple levels. I like felt like I was earning something, and I feel like that's something they wanted to get across in this game. So nice. Is um World of Final Fantasy is that still good? Are you still enjoying it? Yeah. So. I was playing it and I was just playing the story initially and 
uh, I was kind of eh about it. I was kind of like whatever. And I wrote about it in my article that the, like there's so many awesome things about this game, but one of the biggest attractions is, is that it's, ja- it's a Japanese game. It's a Japanese Square Enix game. So mm. if you if you know anything about Kingdom Hearts, it's like especially recently, it's like Kingdom Hearts one, Kingdom Hearts two, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, Kingdom Hearts three hundred sixty five oh, days over dude. two two hours, Kingdom Hearts. I read a whole Kotaku like, article. Like drink a slurp about like like like. Oh my god, it's so funny. I read that exact The names article. are insane. Yeah. Because, like, like, yeah, they had, a, they had to make an article make to break sense. down everything. Yeah. Well, it's not even, it's not super hard, like, when you actually see it all lined up. But the thing is with the Kingdom Hearts timeline is that it, games come out in the present that actually are prequels, but they're not said to be prequels. Like, in most video games, if you say it's a prequel, like, Battlefield 1 is lower in the denomination of Battlefield 4. So in your head, you mentally think, okay, in the timeline that Battlefield 1, even though it came out recently, is is behind 4, right? But with this, mm-hmm. the new games don't have anything in their title that lead you to believe that it's an older prequel. Like, Kingdom Hearts recoded 365 over two days. That's supposed to be representative of uh, two years. The two years that you don't see one character, you see two days of their life, and that's why it's relevant. But you don't know that until you play the game. And it's super convoluted and it's it's stupid. I'm going to say it right now. I love Japanese RPGs, Dude. but it's stupid. Yeah, like the Kingdom. Hearts, like I'm looking at the article right now. And Don't because like it'll the, give you a headache. The, it's, it's hilarious, dude. Like there's Kingdom Hearts three, which is like okay, yeah, I get it. Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 remix and HD yeah, 2.5 remix, yeah, which and, is coming out. Soon, yeah, so one which I'm really excited yeah, about. So 1.5 is supposed to be all the games that were leading up to two. So that's uh, I think it's Birth by Sleep. And then another one, and then from one point five, yeah, one point five is three. Yeah, it's games. Kingdom. It's, it's Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, which I guess is like the remake of the first one. Yep, right. High then quality Hearts remaster. Re- Rechain of Memories, Re- and then R-E-G, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Oh yeah, Re Chain of Memories. Yeah, yeah. Then Kingdom Hearts three fifty eight over two days. Did I get that right? I thought it was three sixty five, but it may- maybe it's three fifty eight. But like they they might have messed it up because it's so confusing. In those two titles, what tells you that those two are prequels? Nothing, right? Like one is a one is an interlude to two, and then one is a prequel to everything. And like I understand, I understand Chain of Memories, right? Because like when Chain of Memories first came out, then like the only game, the other only other Kingdom Hearts game that was out was like the first Kingdom Hearts, I think. And like Chain of Memories was like a a Game Boy Advance game. Well, no, Chain of Um, Memories is is actually a sequel. Is it? A, it's not. A, it's not a prequel. Three fifty eight, three fifty six, or three sixty five over two days is the prequel. Oh yeah, 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 right. Actually, yeah, because yeah. Chain of Memories takes place between one and two. Yeah, and it takes place, and with, that's like some with, weird stuff happens. Yeah, with the king, uh, not the kingdom. What is it called? Organization thirteen. Oh man, I really want to play. I re- I'm really excited to get this collection because I've only Same. played one, and you I I absolutely one? loved one. What is wrong? Yeah, because here's the thing, I. I played one very late. I played it in like 2009, 2010. I think I played it in 2009 because I had I was in anatomy. But like I played it and like I, I brought it from a friend because he was like, hey, you need to play this. I was like, cool. I've always wanted to play it. Played it, returned or gave it back to him. I never had the chance to like get two because like after that time, like everything, everything has already been out. And I tried playing Chain of Memories on a Game Boy Advanced emulator, which I did for a little bit. It was kind of working out for me for a little bit on my phone. But then after a while, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I, if this isn't, it's not worth it. Um, and I never had a, I never had a DS. I never had a 3DS. Never had a PSP. I never had, like, I never had all the things I needed to play, like, the mobile ones. And so I couldn't play all of those. Then, yeah, I just couldn't find, I either couldn't find Kingdom Hearts 2, 
and the Chain of Memories that came out for PS2. Um, or I can afford them. I can't remember which. But yeah, I just never got to them. Mm. And so, yeah. But yeah, yeah these names King- are hilarious. The thing is, Kingdom Hearts 2 hold a special place in my heart because I had friends that were not into video games at all and they still bought a PS2 and still play Kingdom Hearts 2. Like that game to me like transcended video games because of I guess like maybe the Disney characters made it easier to uh want to play. But hmm. yeah, that, that game sense. is amazing. That that game gives me feelings like in my heart and soul. Like it, it's so anime. It's like this heart will absorb the darkness. Like it's it's so corny and it's Dude, so I Japanese. Love, I I absolutely love it. Just because just because it is so like out there. The idea of anime mixed with Disney characters. Yeah. Like like that. It also is very like it's very heartfelt and very like yeah the, we're gonna fight the darkness and there's these anime bosses and everything everything is just so cool. Um, which is why I'm excited to get back into it because I really want to play because I really like the feel of the game. Even though I didn't really like. I didn't really like all the gameplay. I felt like some of it um, was kind of like very grindy. But the things I disliked about the first one, everybody basically has told me that like it, the second one fixes all this, all the things I don't like. And so yeah, it's I, it's I, really really good. I recommend it. And I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get that two point divided by three, whatever the fuck version when it comes out too. Uh, but back to World oh, yeah. of Final Fantasy real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. The story is convoluted. It's really it's it's stupid. It, uh, that's what I would say. But if you're into an RPG and you like miss old Final Fantasy, I think it's totally uh, for you. And it, it's funny. Speaking of the story, you wake up and you're these two, your brother and sister, and you actually look very similar to like Sora. Like your character model looks very similar mm-hmm. to a um, Kingdom Hearts character. And then you meet God. Yeah, that sounds about right. And you hang out. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, you meet. <laughs> sounds like anime. You actually meet God, and like then she's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, you're you're in a pocket dimension outside of time. Go go find out what your true purpose is." It's it's stupid, but I really like it. It's a it's a fun game. I've been I've been using it as a like decompress game. Like I'll come home from work and I'll just throw it on and I'll I'll play uh like YouTube videos in the back and I'll and I'll grind out. Uh, like levels and I'll I'll evolve my my heroes as I keep it going. So nice. Yeah. So I've been playing World of or not World of Final Fantasy. I want to say World of Warcraft. I said World of Warcraft. I was like, go on. Oh yeah, I've been playing World of Warcraft because that's something I would do. No, World World of Final Fantasy is a game I want to play though. So when it, if it's if it ever becomes like cheap for me to play, is it is it digital only or do you know if it's on disc? No, it's on disc. Okay, so yeah, once I ha- once I get the chance to buy it, I'm definitely gonna play it um, because it will eventually be cheap. Hopefully, I don't know. It's a JRPG, and so maybe not, but we'll see. Um, I've actually been playing Banjo Kazooie a lot, and I talked. I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I I played a lot of it um, yesterday and within, within this last week. Actually, I think I talked about it last week because Clanky's Ta- Cavern. Uh, Man, that game is a good game. I mean, I'm really enjoying it, which I kind of didn't think I would enjoy it since it is an N64 game, um, and those games don't necessarily age the best. But Banjo Kazooie is doing the cool thing of like the further I get, the more things there are to do, and the more things open up to where like, I'm right now. I'm like, man, if I if I turn on the game right now, there are like ten different things I could try out um, that I have in my head, and I'm not sure if any of them would work. Because, like, Banjo-Kazooie is a game that you go into and you're like, okay, well, let's figure out exactly what I need to do. And I just go to go to d- each different area and try and test things out to see if this will work here, if this will work here. And it's, the whole game is problem-solving. 
the whole game is like one huge giant puzzle. It's almost like The Witness, which is a very weird comparison. But it's like, mm. it's the only one I can make because The Witness you play, right? And if you're not familiar with The Witness, The Witness came out in like January of this year. Large puzzle game. Play it if you haven't played it. The Witness is like a game where like you go to, you, you solve a bunch of different puzzles. You go to these different areas and like every puzzle kind of connects to each other in a weird way. Um, but like, I feel like Banjo is always like that, but even more connected in a way of like, I go to one level, right? I, and I solve all these different puzzles that then enables me to like get enough of these puzzle pieces to get to a next, the next level. And then like, I solve, I solve enough puzzles here, solve enough problems, I guess. I don't know if I can really call them puzzles, but I solve enough problems. Then that gives me the ability to like open up a couple places. And then I have the choice of like, okay, do I want to go here and solve figure out how many problems I can solve here to like gain enough puzzle pieces so I can get to this next place. Or do I want to like do this over here? And, and it, like, it's, it's very connected in a way where I'm like, man, this game doesn't get, I don't like a, a bunch of people love Banjo Kazooie. So maybe it does get enough credit, but I feel like that genre and that style of game design doesn't get enough credit for like how much it does with like, just how, how it not caters to the player. Cause that makes it sound like it's handholdy because it's not handholdy, handholdy at all. But the way it like, it, it it introduces the player to a space and it's just like hey here like figure it out um and i talked about that a lot like within the last few episodes so i don't want to get into it again but yeah i'm playing benji kazooie uh and i got a lot further further into it i'm really enjoying it for the reasons why i thought I, i'd enjoy it um and so that's been fun and that's really been like the only game i've been playing i've also been preparing for extra life uh which i mentioned earlier in the podcast and once again check it out um when that happens if you want more information the link is extra-life.org slash participant slash alex v bless um so yeah check that out i watched the wonder woman trailer have you seen the wonder woman trailer ian i've seen like different like clips of it but i haven't seen the whole thing so it's a decent trailer like it's 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 essentially a trailer like it's exactly what you'd expect for a wonder woman trailer um, especially given their Batman v Superman trailer and the Suicide trailer that came out earlier this year and suicide last year. Suicide trailer? Suicide trailer. Suicide Squad trailer. Um, I mean, it might as well have been a suicide. No, actually, the trailer was fine. The suicide movie, though. Oof. But no, like, it was, it, was, it was a trailer, and it wasn't a bad trailer. But the thing is, like, Wonder Woman is still part of the DC Cinematic Universe. And I tweeted this out earlier today. Like, if you watched Batman v Superman and hated it, and then you watched Suicide Squad and hated it. If you go see Wonder Woman on on um the opening night, then you like I don't want to insult anybody, but you are definitely part of the problem of like why these movies get made and people who come people who like get disappointed or people who like con- contribute to hype culture. Even though I kind of like dismissed hype culture last week, but like people who contribute to that sort of thing, like you're part of the issue. Um, I'm not gonna see Wonder Woman on opening night i didn't even see batman v superman or suicide squad i already knew those were bad movies going in um batman v superman still man it disappointed me even more than i thought it would suicide squad i actually kind of enjoyed but that's because i had such low expectations of it that i was like you know what this movie was actually kind of decent um which was nice but i agree yeah yeah it wasn't like it wasn't horrible i actually liked it more than i like batman v superman um and i think that's also because suicide squad is a lower stakes movie like who nobody really cares much about suicide squad people care about joker people care about harley quinn i guess actually nobody really cares about harley quinn that much um from like 
a storytelling and like the, a world perspective people don't really, it's, she's not really that important um i guess she kind of is but not not as much as like batman or superman and then like people care about will smith i guess i don't know but like they're not really that important to the universe besides joker really and so like they could have messed that movie up a bit and i think it <clears throat> it still would have been fine because like i don't have that expecta- expectation that this is going to be like this defining movie for uh this series meanwhile batman v superman i'm like well i have very high expectations for batman v superman because if they miss this many marks on this movie then this it sets a precedent for the entire series and they missed a bunch of marks in that movie um that movie did not have like a good it, the the story wasn't wasn't told well i felt like batman was a comic relief M- many people like batman um i disagree then like what's what's his name lex luger lex luther whatever his name is lex luger um, lex luger might be a rapper or a lex, producer lex luger sounds like a german punk dj I'm almost positive Lex Luger produces some hard rap beats, like some very hard trap rap beats, but I might be thinking of a different Lex, but Lex Luther didn't really have much of a motivation. I felt like there is plenty of things I felt were wrong. The, the, the mid mid movie resolution, I guess is what I'll call it without trying to spoil it. Um, was very like, man, like, yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, that was not good. Um, but yeah, all that being said, I, I don't have high expectations for Wonder Woman, and if you liked Batman v Superman and you liked Suicide Squad, or you, even if you? you liked one of those, if you liked one of those, right, and you have somewhat like high expectations for Wonder Woman, or you're excited to see Wonder Woman, then that's all you. Like I won't follow you for that. That's fine. But if you disliked both those movies and you have, because there's so many people on the internet who I saw on Twitter or on Facebook, they were like, oh, man, you see, I'm so excited. I'm so hyped for Wonder Woman. Oh, man, this Wonder Woman trailer looks amazing. Oh, man, this movie's going to be amazing. I'm like, you need, to, you need to calm down because you had the same exact reaction to the Suicide Squad trailer because I had that reaction to that trailer. I had the same reaction to the Batman v Superman trailer. Watch both those movies. Both those movies did not live up to those trailers. Both those movies were pretty trash. Um, but... Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Cause that, I saw that I saw people reacting to the trailer like, "Oh man, this trailer looks amazing," and I saw people reacting to it and they're hyped for it. And I'm like, man, hopefully you're one of those people that liked the first two movies, or I guess three, since Man of Steel is a thing that exists, which is very average, also. But man, okay, and rant. <laughs> also, I watched the Sombra short, <laughs> and nice. I guess we'll talk about that later because Sombra is like your topic. But specifically the short, though, the short was really good. And I actually didn't Overwatch. see. I actually didn't see the short. So you should watch the short right after this because it's really good. I think Blizz. I mean, everybody thinks this, but man, Blizzard just needs to make an Overwatch movie, an animated Overwatch movie, because like all the stuff they do with that stuff is really like top notch. And I guess it would be expensive to do through the company they use. I'm guessing since I'm guessing the company they go through probably only does shorts, and I'm guessing they probably need to go through like an actual like expert movie producer i don't know if they could partner with like a pixar or a dreamworks they would they could probably partner with um whoever did like the ratchet and clank movie but then that movie wasn't that good and so i don't know i don't know the solution but man if they if this if this short was an hour and a half long like i would definitely pay to see it because like it that stuff is top notch um but yeah that's all i've really been up to this week and so i guess we can get into topics um our topic section it's kind of messy this week because like i'm looking at the doc right now 
and I don't even know, like, I can't even, I'm not even sure which topic is mine again. Because both of us have topics, but both of us have, like, the same topics. We kind of both want to talk about the same things. So then let's, um, not, let's not make it super formal and just, just talk about, you go first, just talk about what you want to talk about, and then I'll go. Okay. I'll take, because Be we can split Be into this, chill, two, we'll split into two sections. And I'll even, I'll even give it, I'll even put it out there, off the bat, so we can go about it accordingly. Our two topics are um, uh, Titanfall and shooters, first-person shooters. Specifically, like this fall, first per- first person shooters and the reception of Titanfall and a bunch of different Titanfall stuff and Battlefield One, I guess, and Call of Duty. Oh, then I, I completely second- time out. I completely forgot. Not relevant to the topics right now, but I tried VR the uh-huh. other day. Wait, you did? Yeah, I tried the HTC Vive. Okay, tell us about it. It was so weird, man. It was crazy. Yeah, I can't even. I don't even. I don't even know how to describe it. It was just. What did you play? Uh, I played, I didn't even play a game. I just put it on and then I went to the, I, forget, I don't know what it's called, but it was like a lab. It was like a, uh, I think it might've been like a Valve lab that had like many mini games. And I just like messed mm-hmm. around with there. And then you can have this, you can do a bunch of things in the world. You can look around obviously. And there's this coffee cup. And if you throw the coffee cup, there's like a little robotic dog that comes and gives it to you and you can pet the dog and he like rolls over on his mm-hmm. stomach. And putting on VR just for that small amount of time and then being in that world I was like, okay, I need to buy the HTC Vive now. Like, <laughs> it, it was so surreal. It was so strange. And do you have a computer yeah. that can run it? Because no, it no, run no, no, not like... not in not in Japan. In America, I do. Oh, really? Like, wait. So, wait. Say that again. Did you buy? Did you you did you buy the HTC Vive? No, 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 no. But I want to. Or oh, you want to? Okay, I thought you were gonna say like I thought you were about to like. I thought you were saying that in Japan they don't need a PC to play the Vive, which is about no, to blow no, my no, mind. Because no, no, I was no, like, no, man, no. okay, gotcha. That makes more sense. Yeah. Why don't you uh, get the PSVR? I will. That's actually my birthday oh, okay. present to myself. I think I wanted to wait to see if there were mean, meaningful experiences on there uh, before I did anything, and I think I'm going to. Nice. I tried VR. I tried. Um. Well, I mean, I did try PSVR, and I didn't. I wasn't really moved, but I think that's because I did the wrong demo. But I have Samsung Gear VR, which is like cheap VR, and I wouldn't recommend it because every time I put it on, I feel like my eyes are about to explode, uh, because <laughs> it does not optimize well for your eyes. Um, specifically, there, I guess there's something in the back of your eyes that it doesn't really take account for. But I tried it, and like being in there is really weird. Like it's really like, man, the, you feel like you're in a different place. Um, that being right? said, like, like, isn't, doesn't it feel strange? Like you feel like it, your brain is being tricked for some reason. Like it, it's very strange. Yeah. Like I, I, I physically felt like I was in another place. Yeah, it's really weird. And it, I'm, I'm really excited to try what they put out in like a year or two years or three years or in the future. Because like right now, I don't know if there's anything substantial for VR. But even that being the case, the stuff that's out right now is still somewhat like impressive and somewhat like moving. But then, like, to think of, like, when they when they come out with something crazy or, like, their first, like, Mario 64 kind of experience or their first, like, super, uh, I was gonna say super Mario Brothers, I guess. I guess everything that's innovative is in the Mario genre. But when they come out with their first, like, kind of, like, mind-blowing thing or, like, their first, like, thing of wh- where you're like, man, I need to get this. I have to buy this. This is amazing kind of experience. Then that's going to be, that's going to be, like, crazy. And I can't wait for that because then I think that's when the, I think that's when like no pun intended the game changes and things start to get real. Um, once again, no pun intended because that was kind of two puns in one. Um, hmm. But yeah, VR is dope. 
VR Ooh. is dope. Ooh, this okay. This looks disgusting. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, what VR is happened? the future. Sorry, someone sent me the Power Rangers movie, the new one. Mm-hmm. What are you doing back there? Did you put the laundry on? Okay, I was, it sounded like something was dying <laughs> behind me. I was like, what is going on? Um, so someone sent me the Power Rangers movie, the new Power Rangers movie, Megazord toy that's released, mm-hmm. that is going to be released. It looks gross. It doesn't look good at all. The toy? Yeah, the toy that is based off of the new movie coming out. Because usually toys leak out that like reveal what's happening in different movies. And dude, mm-hmm. this looks it this doesn't look good at all. It looks really bad. Like it looks gross as in like it looks disgusting or it looks gross as in like it just looks really bad. Like no, it's it looks well, bad. Well it looks all. bad. Okay, like, gotcha. Not good looking at all. Huh. That is it like what's it for? Is it like is it an action figure of like the Power Rangers or is it like one of the monster kind of things they fight? It's the Megazord. Oh, it's the Megazord? Yeah, it's bad. Oh, and it looks bad. It's re- uh, really bad. That's unfortunate. Because the Megazord should be like the coolest thing. Yeah. Ooh. Man. My life. Alright, should we get into our topics? Yeah, sure. Let's go start for off it. with let's start off with um Titanfall and first person shooters. And so I think this is like a multi layered topic. Because like when I first thought of the topic, I I I really had no topic. And I was on the bus and I was like, Man, I need a topic, but I can't think of anything I want to talk about. So I just typed in first person shooters, I guess. Because like I don't I I, re- I guess first person shooters are a thing that's happening now that is towards the end of the year. Um uh, but then like while I was on the bus I read an article about Titanfall's um kind of like well, Titanfall and EA, their kind of social media presence has been wonky wonky uh this week and especially today. And this this podcast is coming out Monday, so I should, I guess I should say last week. Um late last week. Um but I want to go to the article and I guess I don't have it open. And so I guess I might have to Oh, here here we go. So Polygon posted an article called Respawn Publicly Distances Itself from Titanfall's um, official Twitter account. And I don't really want to read the whole thing, but basically the whole article is about how <clears throat> the Titanfall Twitter account has been like taking shots at like one like eat a battlefield, um, which is weird because both of the games are owned by EA, um, or being pu- they're being published by EA, I should say, and like the the Titanfall Twitter account was basically saying, uh, if I can find the tweet. I can't find it in this article because it's a large article. But basically, it tweeted out, like, it was taking shots at pre-order bonuses. Or no, season passes. It was taking shots yeah. at season passes, um, which is, which was like, well, this game that just released last week is a different shooter from the same publisher. But it also, it has, like, a $50. that has, like, a ridiculous season pass with it. Um, so that's weird. But then, like, there was another tweet taking shots at... Um, Actually, let me say specifically that tweet about season passes was taking shots at Battlefield One. Um, then there was another tweet taking shots at Call of Duty, um, and they're saying they're they're comparing the IGN review of Call of Duty, um, saying the exact tweet says one is mostly slow and plotting, while the other is frantic and precision. Frantic precision is electrifying. I don't know if I said that right. Uh, but basically, it was taking the two quotes from the IGN reviews of both games and kind of comparing them, being like, "Oh yeah, Call of Duty is mostly slow and plotting, while Titanfall is precision and electrifying, or whatever." Um, and that's the Titanfall Twitter page tweeting that out. But then, if you look at the Respawn Twitter page, which is the studio that makes Titanfall, um, they're kind of like 
hey, we, uh, or no, let me read the exact tweets because I have them right here. They say, congrats to our good friends, Infinity Ward, on a great launch. Uh, Infinity Ward's, Ward is the one that puts out Call of Duty. <clears throat> Man, I need, a, I need to step my voice game up because every time, like, around this time of the podcast, my voice starts to, like, find itself being lost. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, they said, we're looking forward to playing with you this weekend, um, referring to Call of Duty. So that's Respawn tweeting that, um, and Respawn being the ones that put out Tynefall. Um, they also say, they also tweeted out, for the record, Respawn, at Respawn, is the official voice of Respawn Studio. We have nothing but respect and love for our fellow devs. Basically putting it out there that, like, hey, like, we we appreciate these other developers, and this Twitter account right here is the only one that speaks for us. Basically saying, like, that Titanfall Twitter account that's tweeting out, like, these, like, mean things about these other games aren't what's up. Um, which man that sounds this sounds i don't know what's going on like ian do you have like any takes on this because like i i I, see this happening i'm like man that's weird yeah i have i i honestly have no idea what this is it's so strange so let me get this straight from because we talked about this before the podcast and it seems so strange so yeah titanfall 2 the official account for the video game that is made by respawn studios Mm -hmm. is not run by respawn studios seemingly yeah so there's three parties in this there's the Titanfall Twitter account, there's EA, and there's Respawn. So Respawn is not affiliated with the Titanfall 2 Twitter account, but the Titanfall 2 Twitter account is throwing shade at Battlefield 1, which is another video game that they produce. Yeah. What? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Like, it's it just weird seems because, so like, weird. If it's EA that is running the Twitter account, then like why are you throwing shade at your own game but then like i don't i don't know how i don't how don't i don't know how their marketing works on that side and so i couldn't tell you like if it's ea running the account or if it's respawn running the account um seemingly it doesn't seem like it is respawn running the account because the way they're talking about it but i feel like i don't know actually i don't know i shouldn't say how i feel like because i don't i it's really fact um it's not really an opinion based thing it's a fact based thing of who's running this account but i just don't don't know um yeah like that whole thing that whole thing is weird um and ea's been having a bad week in terms of um pr and marketing on their social media side because they did have like a whole thing with battlefield they like they were like tweeting these like kind of tone deaf memes like internet memes um regarding like world war one and stuff um which a lot of people took offense to uh i didn't really look too deep into that stuff uh because well i I listened to a couple of podcasts talk about it and like the podcasts I was listening to had very conflicting views on it. One of them, one of them was like specifically like Colin Moriarty of, of kind of funny um, was like, maybe people are just getting upset to get upset. But then like I listened to another podcast and it seems like, it seems like EA was pretty tone deaf in the ways they're, they're tweeting about uh, world war one. But I, I can really tell you, like, I don't really get too bent like out of shape about world war one. And so, I couldn't really tell you, but uh, the, like either way, like people have not been responding well to EA's um, uh, well, Twitter presence, I guess, um, spe- specifically on these specific accounts, like the Battlefield One account and the Titanfall Two accounts. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a it's been a rough kind of week for EA, but they're EA, and so they'll be fine. Like, it, it's not like they're some small studio or anything. But yeah, that stuff's been fun. 
Um, it just seems so. It's, it's. I was talking to you before about it. And it seems like super, like Illuminati esque, where it's like, wait a minute. If EA made the game, then why are they the ones saying the other game they made was bad? Dun, yeah. Na, 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 na. <laughs> like it just seems like so strange. Dude, speaking of Twitter, did you did you see? Do you listen to Logic the rapper? No. Okay, well, it doesn't really matter that much then. But like, I there's a song by Logic that I listen to like a bunch of times, right? Um, I'm a very big Logic fan, and I was listening. I checked out the song again. And I was like, man, this sounds like. Wait a second, this is Persona Four. The beat he used was a Persona Four sample. Mm. Um, yeah, and that blew my mind because I was like, man, I listened to the song a bunch of times, but then I played Persona Four, and then I'm I'm now listening to it again, and now I have like a whole new like it changed the song for me, which is a thing that is really cool when it happens. Um, so yeah, I just want to throw that out there. The song's called Welcome to Forever. If you're listening, you want to check it out. But uh, we still have more Titanfall stuff to talk about. And so you wanted to talk about Titanfall 2's concurrent player base, right? Yeah. So speaking of Titanfall before, this article, it, again, it it's, doesn't really say that much information. But essentially what it's trying to say is, is that the, the player base, the concurrent player base for, for Titanfall 2 is roughly 2% of the current ti- ti- uh, player base for Battlefield 1. Because Battlefield 1's player base at the time of this article was a hundred thousand people but titanfall 2s is roughly around like 1,000 2,000 people on pc man that's yeah. it's and i mean i think it's obvious that like one of the one of the main reasons for this is because they released the game in between two other very large per- first person shooters being battlefield 1 and call of duty um infinite warfare and there's been like a lot of talk of of why would EA do this? Um, it's it seems like a very, it seems very obvious that it's not gonna bold well, um, for Titanfall two, or even Battlefield one. But I, I think I don't I really I don't really know what like the temperature is on like how people how much people like Battlefield versus Titanfall versus Call of Duty. I know people like Call of Duty the most, right? Or more people play Call of Duty than any other of these games. Um, but yeah, it seems like it's a it's it's damaging Titanfall the most. And I and something I learned, I I guess kind of resurfaced in my mind recently is the fact that for these games to be healthy and for these games to actually like be good, it needs like a solid base of players, like people that are actually playing the game. And the thing that happens is if Battlefield One comes out and all my friends have Battlefield One then if I have to choose between Battlefield 1 or Titanfall 2, I'm going to choose Battlefield 1 because that's where my friends are at, and Battlefield and Titanfall and these first-person shooters are multiplayer games, and they're based on communities, and so, like, I'm going to play with my friends where my friends are at, where the people's at. Um, and so, like, that, I think that's having a large effect on the amount of players playing Titanfall 2. Is just that, like, people got to choose one over the other. Yeah. Um, people aren't really going to play both if, like, their friend if they're... Fr- friends are mainly playing one game because these games are mainly social experiences. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of sucks for it. Uh, and I, I, I brought up the theory. I didn't bring it up on podcast, but I think I got it from Jeff Gertzman from giant bomb that the idea, one kind of theory, and it's, it's very much like conspiracy ish, I guess it's not, it's not really that, um, deep or solid. I don't know. I don't know what it is. if it is, it might be, but like, and I th- I thought it sounded kind of cool, um, and kind of good that like the reason why EA chose to release Battlefield One and Titanfall Two 
this close um, within each other and this close within Call of Duty um, and decided not to delay any of them is so that they could try and attempt to damage Call of Duty a bit because this year it seems that Call of Duty is kind of weak this year um, because people are tired of Call of Duty. If you look at the the all the dislikes on the trailers for Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, the dislikes are off the chain. Um, people are this is a year where people kind of want to hate Call of Duty, um, and Call of Duty is get has gotten really stale over the years. Like the gameplay is still great, the game itself is still great, but the idea of the game is just like people are kind of tired of it. And so, I it's seemingly EA could be trying to capitalize on this by releasing both Battlefield 1, which is an old-school um, World War One war game stripped away of, like, future technology, stripped away of, like, jetpacks and all this stuff, um, taking it back to what war games kind of were before, I don't know, 2009, I don't know, um, and then at the same time releasing Titanfall 2, which is this futuristic wall-running, getting the mechs, have, like, your cool high-tech weapons, kind of game they're 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 releasing games on both fronts um that speak to some of this a lot of the same audience but also to different audiences at the same time specifically also the audience that call of duty is speaking to um and so i think jeff gerson was kind of floating the idea like that like yeah releasing these two games at the same time it might not like one of these games could, couldn't eclipse call of duty but both of them releasing at the same time all at once could maybe knock players off of call of duty like people might be people who are getting tired of call of duty who are kind of getting stale um with that experience could be seeing either titanfall or battlefield depending on their taste as like an alternative um and so i mean that was just an idea that i was like oh that that's kind of cool i don't know how accurate it is but i do like the idea of that being kind of a strategy for them uh did you have any thoughts on that i i guess that could be i i don't know the way i see it is that it was suicide putting this game at this time like that mm-hmm. like this company i don't know i i would like to think that companies are smarter than i give them credit for and have this sort of meta strategy but i think that maybe at that point the game was like hemorrhaging money if that makes any sense like they had the product ready and they had to put it out to make money that make the money back they put into it and that's the reason why they put it out at that time because i don't know but then i also heard things about how titanfall one the the peak of its user base was two months after its release so because of its high quality what are you doing oh you're making food oh um cut <laughs> cut, cut two girlfriends slamming things around or whatever uh but uh yeah, like apparently two months after that game's release was when it had its highest player base. So maybe based off of that assumption, uh, they put this game out now, maybe assuming that Battlefield 1's hype would have died down and then Titanfall 2 could have picked that back up in a way to mess with Bat- Call of Duty. I don't know. It seems so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like... Honestly, if I was them, I would have held this game until after the hype from Call of Duty came down. And then as the hype is dying down for Call of Duty, you put out Titanfall 2, and then you can ride the the, the back coattails of what people didn't want from Call of Duty. You already had Battlefield 1 in the first quarter, and then wait until, like, summertime or, like, six months from now. Yeah. And it would have been the perfect time. I think, dude, that, w- that would have been perfect if they released this game in the spring. Like, because, like this kind of game I feel like is needed in the spring because we have 
Battlefield and we have Call of Duty right now. But in the spring, what are we going to have that this that is this genre of game? People, I think people will be thirsty and hungry for it. Um, yeah. yeah, and even Austin Walker of Waypoint, um, he he even like in a to, as a response like Jeff Gersman, not even really even a response, but like an analysis of what he said. He was kind of like saying that like EA wouldn't wouldn't like sacrifice a game just to just to like kind of try try and like take chips away from another game. Like that's yeah. not really how marketing and business works. Yeah, because it doesn't. Like you still want to make your make money sense. on well, your game. Well, in, unless they, unless they like purposely didn't. Okay, so here's the thing. Like, what if it was similar to a um, ah fuck. What if it was similar to a Mirror's Edge Catalyst scenario where people were complaining and complaining and complaining to have this thing back, but in reality, the first one didn't make a lot of money, so they put it out at this time to kill it. I don't know. That just I don't know if that sounds right. It doesn't make because any well, like it doesn't make any other sense the other way because if they put it out now, they put out Battlefield 1 and then what? Like less than a month later, they put out this uh, a a game in the same genre competing with the same with the, the same player base. It's the exact same. And for their argument the, and and the CEO came out with this argument where he's saying like, "Oh, well, it's it's uh, it's actually uh, looking for different people playing that game." No, it's fucking not. Are you, who what who are you? Like it's it's a shooter. It's not future shooter, past shooter. It's RPG, or it's actually well in RPG. It's Western RPG, JRPG. But the distinction mm-hmm. between Battlefield One and Titanfall Two, while the setting is very different, the core mechanics of the game are the same: shooting and then become multi- multiplayer competitive. That's like the two bases for those two games. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't think the audiences for those two games are are at all much different at all. They're not. Um, but I think the the idea is so well the idea of this theory I should say I because it's not really even like a, a a real thing but the idea the idea of it is that like they could um kind of put out these two different kinds of two different kinds of games on opposite spectrums of the same core genre that have like all the same player base and take out the one the one other game like the mega game in this series that is that is that is doing similar things. Um, to both these games in different ways, um, or I don't know, like because Battlefield is a game that many people are excited for, many people people love, and many people want, right? And even when you're comparing it to Call of Duty, and you're comparing like the reception of both, and in terms of public reception, people are very, or at least people were like very excited for Battlefield One, and people are people want a Battlefield One because people were like, this is something different, this is something cool. I want this. And people looked at Call of Duty and were like, this is something, this is the same thing. Very tired of this. Like, do something new. And then, like, so you put out a game like Battlefield and people will love Battlefield. More people are still going to play Call of Duty because Call of Duty is Call of Duty. But what if you put, like, out another game that people love, which is Titanfall, which is also, like, uh, that's why I don't, that's why I'm not sure about the Mirror's Edge comparison because Mirror's Edge Catalyst was not a good game. But Titanfall 2, people seem to love. Um, And so you put out a game like Titanfall 2 which is also the same like a similar and arguably even like it, it, it arguably comparable in terms of like gameplay in terms of like this futuristic shooting in terms of like the how it feels plays and all that stuff like I, I i don't know i haven't played both of the games so i don't know how it compares to call of duty but from what i've heard like the game is pretty like comparable in terms of like quality um and in terms of like the, the gameplay and stuff and so like i I, I I understand the sentiment and I and I I but I mean if that's not the case I honestly don't know why else they would do this or why they wouldn't delay it like because I feel like 
if you're gonna if if you're gonna put this game out now, like there's no reason to. Um, you could have delayed the game if people wouldn't. This is one because I I complain I complain about delayed games all the time. This is the one situation where I would have been like, yeah, all right, that makes sense. That's fine. Like you have Battlefield One, you have Call of Duty. Like I nobody's gonna play three first person shooters. A couple people are gonna play three person first person shooters, but like the vast majority of people are gonna buy one of them, maybe two. But like, who's gonna play all? Who's gonna play Titanfall, Call of Duty? and um battlefield one and be hardcore about all of them like not many people there's not enough hours in a day there's not enough money in your pocket like who's spending 180 dollars for the same genre and also like these are these are games that people love to play at release because that's when like that's when things get going like that's when like that's when you can get ahead that's when you can get like good characters and, and level up and all these things and you can't do that when you can't do that in all three of these games when all three of these games release week after week after week of each other like within three weeks like these games are coming out um consecutively i think that's the right word consecutively i'm gonna say consecutively i don't care if that's not the right word um i think it is though but like yeah i don't know i don't know what other reason they have and that's the only reason why i'm hanging on to this theory is because i can't think of i can't think of anything else because otherwise it's a horrible idea even if that theory is somewhat like near home near home base like it's still not that great of an idea because you just cannibalize your own game but Either way, it's still it it wasn't a good bet to put this game out, and maybe the, maybe they are putting it out to die on purpose. But I couldn't see why. I couldn't see why they would want to kill Titanfall because Titanfall seems like a game that many people love and maybe people people appreciate. And if they put it out in the spring, they would have sold more copies, and more people would have appreciated it and been like, "Oh yeah, Titanfall is a great game." I don't think they put out Mirror's Edge just to like shut people up. Maybe they could have because I was one of those people. I was like, "Man, you guys need to put out another Mirror's Edge because Mirror's Edge is great." But I mean, if that's the case, I think they would have just been like, "Yo, we're not making another Mirror's, Mirror's Edge," and I think that would have satiated people enough at least. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Did we have anything else as far as first-person shooters and Titanfall and stuff? No. Or should we move on to the next part? Let's just move on because this, this is stupid. I just it's it is stupid. Like, why, like why? Ro- this game is so good. It's so amazing, and they put this game out to fucking die. It's stupid. Like I, I don't know it's like who's Tomb over. Just this, like this happened Tomb last year with Tomb Raider, but Tomb Raider is a different like. Well, one Tomb Raider, it's not like it's not like um, Crystal Dynamics, which or Square Enix or whatever. It's not like they're the same company as the company that put out Fallout Four. And it's not even like Tomb Raider is the same genre, but that game still came out at the same time as Fallout 4 and got destroyed. Um, and to- Tomb Raider, like, that was many people's game of the year last year, but it just got destroyed. Like, nobody nobody played it because, one, it was an exclusive, to, exclusive to Xbox One. Two, it came out at the same time as Fallout 4. Um, and so maybe developers will learn, hopefully, or publish- publishers will learn. Um, but that's, at this point, it's just really like a hope. I don't, I don't know if EA is going to learn from this, and they're EA, and so they don't. I don't know if they really need to learn from this cause, since they have all the money to just throw up in the air and just shower themselves with. Let's move on to the next topic so we can be happy. Um, Sombra, actually, you can talk about it since it's more. I think it's more so your topic than my topic. Um, but yeah, Sombra and Overwatch. Finally, after like months and months and months and months of of leaks and hacks and all this other stuff, they finally released Sombra, and. Wait, is she this... released or announced? No, she's announced, not released. Oh, okay. I was about to, I was about to stop this podcast <laughs> right now and hop on over. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, like, so... deuces. 
Yeah, so, yeah, Sombra is revealed, and pretty much, if you haven't already known, this has been rumored for a long time. There was, like, leaks of the concept art and leaks of the promotional art from, like, various news outlets. Uh, the thing is, I'm not even really that interested in Sombra. Her, well, I'll just say her abilities really quick. Her abilities, she has a machine pistol. Uh, her alternate fire is a hack where uh, it can stop. I, I don't know if it can stop ultimates. That's that's where I'm kind of uh, hazy on. Uh, you know, because the EMP, the EMP changes uh, all of, or shuts down all mechanical abilities and weapons, I think. That's her ultimate. Mm-hmm. She has a teleport, kind of like Reaper. She has a, uh, the the hack, which is, again, I told you about hacking into other people's weapons. And then she has a limited cloak. Hmm. Yeah, and she's got a cool design. Sound, yeah, so she sounds cool so far. I saw I saw like a quick video displaying all of her skills, mm-hmm. and yeah, same. she looks really sick. Saw the same like thing. for a second, like because if you watch the short for she like hacks a um a turret for a spec for a second, then I had the thought of like if she can hack Torbjorn's turret and make it like shoot his teammates then I quit Overwatch because that is like that is OP beyond like repair and that just totally cripples Torbjorn but I don't think that's the case I think she can like shut down turrets or like disable turrets for a little time which is actually really good um because like Torbjorn turrets can be very annoying to take mm. down yeah and so like if with that ability of hers like disable things for however long even if it is if it is just like a split second or like two seconds or three seconds it's just enough time to like make things more feasible um for the approaching team and so i think that stuff's cool uh and i think her i think her design's cool and stuff like that um but yeah like there's a, an article you posted with like all kind of breaking down the blizzcon stuff mm-hmm. um which i guess that is like just one thing that came out of blizzcon right yeah there's multiple things that came out of blizzcon so we've talked in the past about how it's annoying how you don't really get many loot boxes and not many rewards for playing a lot of overwatch so what they're trying to do is they're trying to counterbalance this with a new arcade mode now we've also complained that their uh weekly brawls that we really enjoyed like for example junkenstein and other brawls that we've really liked uh have gone away and haven't come back so this arcade is is trying to solve both of those problems so Hmm. in the arcade you have i think six different types are one two three four five five different types of game modes and yeah, every time you try a new game mode or a different sw- swapped out game type, you get a free loot box. So that's potentially five loot boxes right there. Then on top of that, for every three wins you get in that arcade mode, you get a loot box. And that means you have the potential to get three loot boxes before it resets. And it resets every five days. Hmm. So, yeah. Nice. Dude, that sounds... That sounds sick. I'm really excited for that because I think we literally just talked about how this game kind of needs like some kind of single player mode, yeah. um, or like even like a horde mode or something. Um, I was talking about Junk- Junkenstein and saying like, man, if this game just had a, per- a permanent one of these, then that'd be set. This game would feel more complete. And so I'm glad that they're adding in a new mode like this because that Overwatch is is an amazing game. And it's an amazing, amazing, amazing multiplayer game. And I don't know. I feel like adding more modes would just make it more amazing. And I I don't, I don't mean that in a way of, like, you should pack stuff in because that's how you make things not amazing. But, like, something else. Because it's a full-price game. And, like, I'm not saying that, like, multiplayer-only games can't be full price, But at the same time, like, Overwatch 
has great gameplay, but then like the rewards and stuff aren't really like it's not. It, if you look at a game like Call of Duty or, or Titanfall or something, the you get rewarded. The increments for rewards are much more frequent and it's much more robust. I feel like a lot more so than Overwatch. Where in Overwatch you get loot boxes for every level um, you gain, but that could be like three hours or something. And so you're playing the game a lot and you're not getting rewarded as much. Um, and even when you do get rewarded, I feel like the loot box stuff can be lame a lot of the time, specifically voice lines. A lot of sprays can be lame. I get duplicates all the time, especially for legendaries. Like the amount of, I get duplicate legendary stuff as much as I get regular non-duplicate legendary stuff. And usually it's for, it's for characters I never play as. And so that stuff can get annoying sometimes, but yeah, um, yeah I'm glad that they're, adding more stuff uh is there stuff we hadn't seen they, they had a new map also right yeah the oasis which is based off of the um i don't want to say india but based off of wherever um what's her name is from what's her name the sombra? defense hero not sombra the defense Torbjorn? hero not torbjorn that she, your mother diva she, not cinder i'm thinking i'm missing mercy up. not mercy oh the support Chukrat? support symmetra it's where Symmetra's from Oh, she's, like, considered a healer, right? Yeah, even though they're trying to change her into something else as well on the PBE. It's a whole other story. Uh, but, yeah, yeah it's, it's her location. Mumbai? Nice. I don't know. Something like that. But, yeah. Nice. And uh, nice. Um, what is this Eco Point Ar- Antarctica? Is that, one of the, is that one of the modes for the arcade? So, I'm, like, reading this as I'm, like, talking about it. I'm, like, it's under, mo- it's under modes, under yeah it's under arcade and so like i'm reading eco point antarctica a smaller map designed for 1v1 and 3v3 oh yeah yeah that's one of the yeah that's one of the arcades uh so in the arcade you have 1v1 uh 3v3 6v6 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 so oh that's so sick yeah 1v1 is going to be pretty interesting and you can win loot boxes from this stuff right yeah every time it's a mode that you haven't tried so I, i assume it's going to be switched out every couple of every week or every couple of weeks so every time it's a new mode that you haven't tried, you get a loot box just for trying it. Oh man. Okay, yeah. Now I'm I'm really excited for this. Um But yeah, that's cool. Do we have anything else to talk about as far as Overwatch? Does that about cover it? No, that that about covers it. Sweet. All right, let's go to viewer questions. We have two this week. Uh first one comes from uh Josh Bartlett at JC Bartlett twenty five on Twitter. Uh, fun fact I'm playing he's gonna be my teammate for Rocket League if all goes well during hey. extra life and so hey. and he is amazing at rocket league he destroyed me um one time at rocket league and i thought i was raw and so it's I gonna be a fun time i was raw <laughs> dude i thought I, I thought i was super raw but he came out the cut i just and never was like, heard Yo. i just never have heard that as a description for something you know i thought i was raw but i wasn't <laughs> wait you don't you don't hear people say the word raw no not since like 1995 huh. yo that might be like a that might be a midwest illinois central illinois thing i don't know um but yeah I, I thought i was off the chain but like no he's he asks since i can't think of many hispanic women in games can you think of any hashtag sombra and so referring to sombra sombra is a hispanic girl uh, that's killing it in that sombra short that blizzard released um but can we think of any other hispanic women in games you're asking the wrong guy man I, I, mean, only play, I, I only play JRPGs, so all the people in there are either vaguely white, vaguely Japanese, or animals, so. Why can't I think? I know there, I, I know there has to be some that I played, because I feel, is Talim in Soul Calibur? No, she's like Indian or something like that. 
um oh rosalina rosalina from uh grand theft auto 5 or grand theft auto san andreas it's funny because lucy o'brien from ign tweeted out like name who like no she said who's your favorite female character in a rock star game and i had to sit down and think about it and i was like who is my favorite female character in a rock star game because i couldn't think of any but then rosalina came to mind um uh, and rosalina so talim is located in the philippines during the time of the spanish colonization so she's filipino wait oh interesting okay that makes sense i can see that also um i just i just referred by her clothes that she was like indian or something but i guess yeah filipino makes sense um but yeah rosalina is from grand Theft Auto san andreas and she's like your girlfriend she's like a crazy woman uh for some time uh so that's that's fun I can't think of any. I can't think of really any. Oh, um, Bane from Injustice: Gods Among Us is Mexican. Well, Hispanic women. Oh, dude. Oh, I, uh, the the female character from Guacamole, whatever her name is. Oh yeah, all of, all of the women in Guacamole. <laughs> that's my answer. That's I'm, our answer. I'm looking up female. I literally looked up female women in video games, and I've uh, none of these are women. Like one of them is. Oh, here's one. Uh, I feel like Christy Montiero from Tekken. Wait, she's. I, I guess. I guess she is Hispanic. She's the. Um, she's one of the uh, Capoeira fighters. With she's like the Eddie clone, but she's uh, like a clone though. That's kind of. That's kind of lame. Um, but yeah, she's. She's dope. She's like the faster one. Yeah, I'm literally. I can't think of any. So good. This is an amazing question because I can't think of any. I'm thinking so hard. And I feel like I'm missing some, and I. And I. Man, I'm thinking. Oh wait, is it black women? Uh, the character mm-hmm. from from uh, shit, from the game. Oh, Dead I know Rising. that character. Yeah. Dead Rising. Dead Rising. Oh, I haven't played Dead the Rising. Female character. What? Okay. There's a female. She's there's a Hispanic female one. Is a Isabella. Isabella K- Keys. It was Isabella Keys. She's well, there a scientist. You go. Yeah, that's one. Can we think of Can we think of any playable ones? I don't know if I can think of any playable ones. Nope. It's a strong. Well, nope. I guess. Sombra, I guess now. Sombra. Um, I'm sure there are, but I just can't think of any. And for some reason, for some reason, my brain has been pulling up black women characters, um, because I, for some reason I can think of quite a few of those. Uh, maybe not quite a few, but there are specific ones that that I can think of, and that's probably because I like them. But like, um, uh, the girl from Tales from the Borderlands is a black female character, and Broken Age, black? one of the two main characters. I think the female from Tales from the Borderlands, not the girl, not not the main one. I'm talking about like one of the side characters. I yeah. Like I when guess. you're first, when you're first in the spaceship, and she's like one of your coworkers. Oh yeah yeah yeah, she's black. She's black. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say maybe those two, the two female characters you play are Hispanic, the two sisters. Wait, in what? In Tales from the Borderlands. There's two sisters in Borderlands. Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah, did you play the game? Yeah, did you play the game? You didn't know that there was a black girl. I can't think of any. That girl's any... a side character. The wait, the playable character, the playable girl character. She's not Hispanic. She's light brown skinned. I'm I'm almost positive she's white, but she's not. Anyway, that's whatever. Wait, not not yeah. relevant. Her, sis- on. her sister though. Wait, her sister is she black? I think she's black. I don't know if she's Hispanic. <sighs> They don't mention it. I don't know. Yeah, they don't mention it, but I think she looks she looks like she's black. But that there's there's like two different black characters in that black female characters in that um thing. But yeah, okay. 
uh, I guess we can move on. I guess the answer is we we are very bad at remembering. Um, either we're very bad at remembering, or they're very bad at putting in uh, black Hispanic people in games. But I mean, do black Hispanic or not black Hispanic? My God, Hispanic women people <laughs> in games. What am I saying? What's happening right now? Um, but no, do like Hispanic women even exist though? Like, is are they a thing? I'm is sure they do. We just can't. We uh, we just can't think of them. Maybe they're not real. Maybe that's why they're not in games. Have you ever thought Possible. about that? Javier Escuela. Nah, oh, I'm nah, sh- no, nah, no. In, nah, there's um, nah. his, no. There's in, in when you get to Mexico in Red Dead Redemption, there's a cutscene for a mission of like one of your cowboys making love very roughly <laughs> to a Hispanic woman. Does that count? Does that? Count? Oh man, I hate culture. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, sorry. Ben Bellevue asks at Mr. Bento Box on um on Twitter. He asks. Do you expect to beat Alex worse than Batman beat Superman or worse than critics beat Batman v Superman? The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is um of course. Actually I was talking to, I was talking about this yesterday cuz I was streaming while I was playing Banjo Kazooie and this one dude was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah man, you better beat Alex Van Aken." Which first of all, people need to be nicer to Alex Van Aken. Like me and Alex Van Aken are still friends. Like I don't actually hate him. That's just like a thing I do um so that you guys will enjoy the experience but like i don't actually hate alex and aiken if you think i do um but i say a lot to say that i was actually thinking i was like man i might actually lose like pretty badly because the games that i chose to play are games that i felt like would be fun to play on a stream like mario party or rocket league and stuff which i'm gonna, I'm gonna beat him in rocket league that's not a question um but the games he chose are like games that like i am bad at and so, like, he chose Risk, which I am very... I hate board games, unless it's Settlers of Catan or Chess. Um, if, they're, if they're not those two, then I don't I don't really want to play it. Um, and so, like, Risk, I don't even know the rules. I played it once, and I was like, this game sucks, and then never played <laughs> it again. But that's one of the games he chose. Uh, he also chose Gears 4 Horde Mode. I've only played Gears once, and it was at PAX, and I was watching... Um, Alex stream for a test stream and he was playing Gears and I was like yeah this dude's gonna destroy me in this and so that's one that's another one iDarb uh, which is another game that he's gonna destroy me in cause I don't I didn't own an Xbox until like three weeks ago four <laughs> weeks ago or whatever and yeah um, so Alex is kind of playing some shenanigans and so that's my answer um, and I guess you don't really have an answer Ian I mean you're on my Overwatch team and so it's gonna be yes sure you are on my Overwatch team right sure you're is it's if is, is there is there, is there gonna be some double crossing going on? Because sure, I'll cut you. Sure, cool. just know you're on my Overwatch team against Alex's Overwatch team. I still need two more people, and so if you're listening and you're like and you're amazing in Overwatch and you have like a crystal metal or whatever they're called, I think you're gonna say crystal meth. I was like, and if you have crystal <laughs> meth, and if you have <laughs> if oh you have any God. of that good good. Oh then hit me up if you got any of that that raw stuff that raw good good you know what i'm talking about oh my god please end this should i end this right now oh god please like i want i wanted to spoil spoil the end of something you know and be like like this person ended this person at the end of this game but i feel like that would lose it some viewers listeners because people don't view this or maybe the okay beast podcast if they they're viewing this then i need to close my window curtains because it's very creepy <laughs> The OK Beast podcast is a gaming-centric... Dang it, I mess this up every single time because I changed it. 
whatever i'll keep rolling with it i'll keep rolling with it because that's what i do the okb's podcast is a gaming and nerd culture centric show where a couple of friends come together and talk about what's going on in our world we are the official podcast of okbs.com if you like that then you should subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice visit okbs.com and follow at okbs now on twitter this has been episode 16 thank you so much for listening say bye to the people bye